Hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Trip Kramer. And I'm Jonathan Asley. The other host. Are you excited, Jonathan? We are <laughs> we are on episode number one. I hope we can look back at this and maybe even laugh at ourselves a little bit. Hopefully at episode 500, we can look back at this. <laughs> well, That's we're, we're making hoping. history right now. <laughs> we're making history and we're having a good time. So... Why don't we just first start off, since this is the first episode and people are checking this out, why don't we tell them what this podcast is and why we started it? Do you want to start us off with that? Yeah, I'll get it started. So this podcast is designed to talk to couples in relationship because we felt that there was a need to have more conversations specific to couples and the challenges they go through and talking about the tools that can help really bond two people together, especially in the area of commitment and love and communication and all those you know words that I could start rattling off right now. And that's really from my perspective why I felt like this podcast was was created. Yeah, absolutely. I was very excited to start this podcast because I well first of all, um, we'll talk about this in a bit more about each of us, but I'm a dating coach for men single men. And I wanted to talk more about the idea of relationships, because when I'm working with guys, they end up in relationships eventually. And so I was ready to have this conversation and start talking to people who are in relationships, as well as just about relationships in general. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do it, and I won't speak for you, but I guess I'm going to right now, because I know this is for you too, is that (laughs) We're just interested in this, right? Like I have a deep interest in relationships and I won't even say necessarily and specifically monogamous relationships, but all kinds of relationships in the romantic sense. Yeah. And and you and I talk about this stuff all the time <laughs> and we have conversations just for fun. So that was one of the reasons why I also wanted to do it. Well, and for me and for those listening, I just want to say I'm kind of a little bit of an old school. I'm also a dating and a relationship coach. I work with women, so that's our interesting contrast. And I also happen to specialize a little bit more with folks that are in their later 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. So it's a little different dynamic. And while you know, it's interesting to hear you say, Trip, you know, you're looking at all kinds of relationships. I tend to focus more on you know, monogamous relationships and really with the intent of partnership with two people. Like that's my my real curiosity for my own life is what does it take to truly co-create a relationship outside of the traditional expectations and norms and explore it from all different angles. I often say I'm a bit of a contrarian, so my advice tends to be contrary to public opinion and traditional narrative. And at the same time, I I recognize the value of our traditions and, and public opinion. So I like to explore it from the perspective of ideas and also how to really help people really bond together. Like that's really important to me. And maybe I'm a little bit of a junkie of human behavior mixed in there as well. That's cool. That's cool. I think that also we bring different perspectives. And that's another reason why we wanted to do this podcast, because we don't feel like we're one in the same. And that just the case because 
you're how old are you now? Almost 60, 59? Oh, no, I don't want to give give my age out, but I'll say I'm Come I'm on. a late baby boomer. Why almost do, bordering why don't you want to give your age out? Uh-uh. <laughs> because I'm working on reversing the clock going backwards. Well, I technically <laughs> am too with health, but okay, well, you're in your... I'm in my mid-50s. Let's just leave it yeah, at that. You're in your, he's lying. He's in his late 50s. And I am at the time of this episode, 36, almost 37. So we're, we're from different generations and, and we've just also learned different things. So besides and beyond our age, you've taken personal development courses and you've had your own relationship experiences. I've had my own relationship experiences. So we thought that it would be interesting to bring some of those to this podcast. The fact that we've just lived different lives and I don't think we're too different. We do have a lot of similar opinions. Well, let me jump in because you're, if it's okay that I share a trip that, you know, you're soon to be married and I'm divorced. So there's an interesting contrast between where we're at in our lives. And, and certainly from my perspective, I grew up, you know, without the whole internet and swipe dating and all these things. So my perspective is quite a bit different than yours. Not, I don't mean it as a radical contrast. I just mean how we were, we were really brought up in two different eras. And I really do believe there's been a big difference with technology and how that plays a role in relationships as well that didn't exist when I was first you know, entering the, the dating world or relationship world, I should say. Yeah. Funny enough, if we were to add up each of our time spent online dating, <laughs> you would beat me by, <laughs> I, I can't even, uh, an, an, an insane number. Well, I did I've st- been in and out. Yeah. I've been in and out of relationships. So in those times between the relationships, I would only do a little bit of online dating and sometimes not at all. Just because, on, to be honest, I just wasn't really, I wasn't great at online dating. I wasn't really able to meet a lot of the people that I wanted to. Well, but, because yes. you also had, a, I have a fear of walking up to a total stranger. And one of the things that you help men with is that overcome that fear. So for me, the online dating, and, and I will say that I'm a proficient prospector. <laughs> I don't necessarily always go out, but there's a lot of prospecting going on for sure. Yeah, well, and because this is an episode for couples, I guess we should probably share, right, that I am in a relationship now, which you did mention. I'm about to be married. You also did mention that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So probably most of these episodes are going to be when I'm actually married, but I've been in a relationship for three and a half years, and I'll just keep going with my history of relationships, is that I was in a relationship. So I'm in a relationship now for three and a half years, engaged. One before that, I was in a relationship for a year. The one before that, I was in a relationship for a year, a little under two years. And then the relationship before that, I was actually engaged. So this is my second engagement. <laughs> that did not go through to marriage. You're laughing at me. It's like almost all these failed relationships. No, so that's it not it. Uh, it's just, uh, well, let me jump in for a moment because I re- remember that time. And it's interesting because I felt, and, and for those listening, I'm, I'm speaking personally to my friend here. I remember that particular time was a very challenging moment for you to say. Which one? Well, no, when you ended the engagement, because that's a very, and yet it it was a very vulnerable moment for you at the same time. It took a lot of courage to say, this isn't the right thing. And I can tell you there are probably people walking down the aisle that should have been doing that. 
instead of engaging in a relationship or a marriage, and, and I felt kind of like in my circumstance, and to piggyback on your relationship experience, I didn't have much experience before I got married. It was mostly short-term, couple weeks, couple months. There weren't that many before I got married, and I was in a 12-year marriage collectively together, I believe, 14 years, give or take. And it wasn't until about five years after my divorce that I had a, a significant relationship, interestingly enough, with a person who's a, in the relationship realm as well, marriage and family therapist. And we were together six years on and off. And why that was so pivotal and poignant in my life was it was like, that's where I did the flexing of the muscles in relationship. I, I was like many young people operating from a place of rote, it was supposed to be you got married. And I wasn't even I wasn't even aware of who I was as a person. So and I think about our podcast in that I suspect a lot of people have operated in relationship because that's what an expectation to do to either get married or be in a relationship when they may not even know who they are as a person yet. I would say that that was very, very much what I was going through. One of the hardest yeah. times of my life, for sure, was the discovery of why I should not have been in the relationship, and then the breakup period, breaking off the engagement. And you, my friend, yeah, you were there for me throughout that entire thing. Yeah, and that was awesome. You were so helpful in that and the other relationships. <laughs> and so, I guess the big point here, why we're sharing this with the audience, is that. We've have different experiences in relationships and out of relationships. We have such a passion for relationships and and just how they work. We like to dissect, you know, the anatomy. We spend a lot of time dissecting. Right? How many times have we said this could have been a good podcast episode? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm in glad fact, that's kind of how this podcast even got started. It was like, okay, now let's just do it. <laughs> right? Exactly. So. So that's what we believe we bring to the table. We should also mention that we want this podcast to be where we can continue to learn. I don't think, I mean, I'll speak for myself and say, I have so much more to learn about relationships. I feel like I know more than your average person, being that I've studied it and I've been in many of them, but I still feel like I have like a bachelor's degree or a GED in relationships. And so we want to have guests on in the future, in the very near future, hopefully, that are either relationship experts. Who else? What type of experts and people did we want to have on, Jonathan? Oh, I'd love to have the Gottmans, John and Julie Gottman. I would love to have someone like Susan Winter we spoke of. Oh, gosh, if we get Harvell Hendricks and Helen Hunt and maybe Gay and Catherine. I mean, these are people. Helen Hunt? Uh, I believe that's his wife or his partner. And I, if I mess that up, I'm because I know that there's so. a Helen Fisher. Oh, she, no, 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 no. Helen know? Fisher is a totally different person. Okay. I mean, and certainly evolutionary biologists. Um, David and there's Boss. a vast array. Yeah. And I want to touch on something you said, and really this is for everyone listening, is that I believe the vast majority of human beings don't really comprehend the real mechanics of the relationship, the real understanding and maybe that's a judgment on my part, and it might be a projection. I'll own that. And yet, when I see a divorce rate 
you know, as high as it is. And I suspect those that are actually even married are unhappy, a significant percentage. Then it's important to have, I believe it's important to have conversations, at least, again, I'm more of a partnership-oriented coach, if you will, to have conversations to help couples, particularly in the areas of communication and really understanding the real importance of especially, you know, interesting enough with your marriage coming up, you know, vows and what that really means and actually to some degree sticking to it from thick and thin because oftentimes I believe people, once they're committed together, they stop working on building the relationship. I really believe it's a it's a daily vitamin Absolutely. that needs to be taken because it, because people, I again believe people take it for granted. I'll jump in here and say, and I think you can relate to this, Jonathan. I work with single men yeah. who are looking to get into relationships. Again, this is something separate from this podcast. But I work with them. And for the ladies listening, I don't know if they understand this, but men think that once you get the girlfriend or you get the girl, <laughs> yeah. it's like game over, right? It's like if you've heard of like the game, like the game of, of seduction and meeting women, they think it's game over once you meet the girl. They got it. They got the girl. They got the yeah. girl that's out of their league. They they got laid. They got a date, whatever it is. But yeah. once they get into that relationship, they feel like, oh, I did it, right? It's like men think with their you know, logical brains, oh, woman here, woman in front of me. She likes me. We're in a relationship. I'm good. Whatever I did, it worked, and that's all I have to do. But as we both know, that's ridiculous, and the work... I don't like to say like, oh, well, the there's also just a begun, but it continues. Yeah. And because I work with women, there's this criticism I think men have. And, and again, I'm generalizing here is that, you know, because women have a propensity to want to create more emotional safety in the relationship and men tend to be more thinking of the physical safety in the world and women are seeking more emotional safety that, you know, that the spread between what a woman wants and what a man is, he's already got to where he's supposed to be, like you said, that space in between, they oftentimes see it as drama when it's really a call for love and because women, I don't believe, have the tools to really help that man develop that emotional safety, if you will, and men to figure, okay, I got to the plateau I need to be, this ARC podcast, I'd like to think, is to, to bridge that gap because I will say this on my end, what I witness frequently from the women who are in relationship is a sense of ambivalence from men and a lack of intentionality. So it's interesting. Each is pointing the finger at the other. What do you think men see with problems in the relationship? That's a great question. So I, oh, in the, I was thinking about dating, but I would just say a lot of men think of women operate from either an an entitlement place. And and I certainly, no, no, no. I'm talking about in the relationship relationship. Cause you said something interesting there. You said that women say, or feel that men become ambivalent in a relationship and that that's yeah well there's kind of a there's an apathy maybe might be a better choice of words there's a lack of flexing muscles and when you think about divorces are initiated by women most of the time and it's usually because there's a lack of real emotional intimacy in the relationship and i like to think of intimacy as into me you see into me you see so 
I'm encouraging human beings, men and women alike, to study emotional intimacy, to study emotional safety, because let's think of our friendship for a moment. I'm just going to use that as an example. We tend to think of our friends as the safest place to be on an emotional level. And I mean, would you agree, Tripp? I would say so. Well, let's yeah. be more specific. Safe how? Okay. Do I okay. emotionally? I said emotionally safe. Okay. I mean, feeling so like I can safe. say, I can say anything to my best friend. So you mean not being judged? When you say emotional safety, you Great. mean not being judged? Is that being what able saying? to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to be transparent, to not be judged, not be shamed, or you know, even a faux pas in our lives. And so, one of the challenge I believe most couples are facing is that they haven't learned the skills or tools to develop emotional safety. And men tend to be a little more stoic. You know, I think you'd agree with that. Women sure. tend to be a little bit more, I don't even like to use the word emotional, but they're certainly a bit more vulnerable and transparent. And this is where, I think this is where the rubber meets the road. And the conversations I'd like for our podcast, amongst many conversations, is to really, how can we bridge the cap? Because I know the men that you work with, as an example, and the women I work with from the dating perspective who are going to enter into relationship, is they really want it to be they want it to be their last first kiss, if you will. They, they don't want, it, it becomes very tiresome to go from one relationship to the next to the next. Of course. And yeah, you want it to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, simply put, you want it to be fun. You want it to be, I don't know if people are thinking this on a conscious level, but I do productive? think that, uh, I was going to say, yeah, productive. I was going to say something similar to the fact that people want their partner, and I've heard this before from both sexes, is that they want their partner to challenge them in the sense of making them a better person. I don't know challenges yeah, is the best that word. Line from, it's the line from as, as good as you get. You make me, for lack of a better word, you make me want to be a better man. And, yeah. and I believe that the pathway to that amongst many is trust. And why I'm bringing this up at this moment, Trip, is because... Oftentimes, trust to me in relationship isn't necessarily about fidelity per se. While that is important, it's do I trust this person has my best interest in hands? Do I trust this person has my back? And when trust is there, when that level of emotional safety and trust is there, and there's a real confidence in the commitment you have with one another, then you can actually, at least in my belief system, is you can overcome most of either the trivial obstacles or sadly some of their more huge obstacles that can happen. And you can hold hands together saying, I've got each other's back and we're going to get through this. Yeah, it, it reminds me too of, of the book that I introduced to you two years ago called yeah. Eight Dates. And I really hope we can get the Gottman team on an interview. I think that's going to be like our... That will one. be our brass ring if we get the Gottmans, because yeah. I would love to talk with them. And for folks, Eight Dates is an amazing book. It's a book I literally talk about every day of the week. I, I look at it, the mechanics to building a healthy, happy relationship. And without giving it too much away, I'll just say these are eight separate conversations that really helps you understand your partner from the real roots of, like I said, the mechanics of a relationship. So 
that would be outstanding that we do that. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. It's a it's a great yeah. book. I've actually done it too. I yeah. I've done it with my partner, with my fiance. And it goes to what you're saying here about the whole trust thing, the openness and vulnerability. I think it's the idea of just knowing all the aspects of the different parts of your life and understanding what those are to then cohabitate with your partner, right? So it talks about money and sex and it talks about trust and it talks about conflict, talks about spirituality. Yeah. Yep, all those. So uh, it talks it's, about family and friends, the importance of that, which I, is very important to a relationship is that sense of community. Yeah, all the different um, topics that are going to come up inevitably in a relationship. I think that's definitely one of our our most recommended books to some of our Can we clients. just make sure there's a link at the bottom of this cuz I think we need to do that. We'll do that. it. So it will be in okay. the show notes. We'll put a link to yes. that an Amazon link okay. and you guys can grab that so so you and your partner can do that. This is what I always recommend Jonathan to my clients who get into relationships, I say, I say, so we'll, we'll imagine the person listening right now, if they're not listening with their partner, one of my clients, I would say to them, buy the book, read the introduction, and then read the first chapter, and then bring it up to your partner and see if they want to do it together. And the reason why I say that is because... Oh, that's an interesting... I haven't suggested that. So that's really... I like yeah, that. It's Th good. Thank you for bringing that up to it's me. It's good because it's not enough to like hear it here on a podcast. Oh, I heard about this book, Eight Dates, and you won't be able to describe it well or from an Amazon descriptions. But if you read the introduction, you read the first chapter, it's easy. It's all going to click. And then that way you can bring it up to your partner. So anyway, that's just a, a thought on anyone who wants to use that book to grow a deeper intimacy, as you say, Jonathan, with your partner. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting as you're sharing this, it makes me think, why are relationships underrated? <laughs> right. You know, it's because, well, well, yeah, let me hear your, thir for, I, I want to hear your thoughts first before I share mine. <laughs> okay. Why do I think relationships are underrated? Well, I'll speak from, I'll speak from personal experience because I've been in bad relationships. I've been in neutral relationships and I've been in yeah. great relationships. The relationship I'm in right now is great. And the reason why I'm saying it like this is because relationships, and I think you're going to agree and anyone listening is going, is going to agree. Relationships have a strong effect on your emotions and how you feel. Yeah. Here's an easy example get in a fight with your partner, you feel crappy that day. Yeah. You have a great day with your partner, fill it in with whatever that means to you. You feel really awesome that day. So yeah. it has a large effect on you as a person to simply state. And so I think relationships are underrated is because if you can find a great relationship, I believe that one plus one equals three. So you actually become a more powerful version of yourself. I know that in my relationship, I'm with someone who I feel I have it all. I have it where I love being with her. I love spending time with her. She's my friend. She's my lover. She's also my support system. We've set up a lifestyle where she is helping me be able to do this, for example. I'll give you an example. I had a haircut just before this. I was slammed back to back. It was like literally a haircut, coaching call in the car, which I don't like to do, very unprofessional, but I had to do it. 
code you call in the car to get home to then record this podcast with you. Today, she doesn't have much going on. She had a class earlier today. I come home. She's got my green shake ready for me and a grilled cheese sandwich. Right? So what if she didn't have that? Well, it'd make my life a little bit harder. Okay, Jonathan, we got to do our podcast later. I'm running late. I got to eat something. You know, I got to take my shake, whatever it is. That's just one tiny example of the way that she supports me and makes me a better person in general. And of course, that's just like support on a very uh, tangible level. But then there's also like the emotional support. She supports me and my my vision and what I want to do with my life. I don't want to speak for her, but I'd like to say that I support her and her vision for her lifestyle. So we get to have that back and forth. And you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. That's a very famous quote. I don't know if it's Jim Rohn or Jim Rohn, I believe, or Tony Robbins says it, but you are very much affected by the people you surround yourself with. So if you're in a good relationship, it can help you be a better person. Therefore, I believe relationships are underrated. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> oh, Jonathan, what about you? Me... All right. I'm jealous now. Um, so I often think of, I believe Esther Perel quoted this, and let's try to get her on the podcast too. Esther Perel quote is, the quality of your life is predicated on the quality of your relationships. And so when you said earlier that one plus one equals three, I look at it a little bit differently. And I look at it as there's a you, there's a me, and then there's a we. And the we is a separate entity. And so relationships, I believe many people take relationships for granted. And it's because they, I believe that there's not an understanding that, that there is a separate entity called this thing called a relationship. And whether we call it marriage or we give it a different title to it, because for, certainly for those that decide to go the ultimate, I, I don't know if that's the ultimate commitment, but that's the big commitment, is that it's oftentimes misunderstood because there's coming back to that, I said, did, did I say atrophy or ambivalence or a lack of real awareness to the relationship as a separate entity. And I believe, and this is going to sound like a terrible criticism, I believe a lot of people enter into relationships and is going to be two egos getting together, trying to fight to be seen, heard, and understood. And what I mean by that, when I say two egos, I'm going to say selfishly focused on their own needs and not for what was just shared. You know, like she thought ahead enough, and I know you do the same thing. She goes, I know he probably needs this. And she did, know, like, by the way. Because I didn't it, ask she, her. But there you, was a, you didn't ask her, right? You know, and, and let's hope that you do the dishes without having to be asked uh, <laughs> or whatever might need to be done in the home because you're looking at it from a teamwork perspective, a we perspective. And so my passion is to encourage all the different ways to become a we without compromising your identity without giving your power away, which oftentimes happens. And so I'm just excited to do this. I'm excited to explore all the different ways we can, for lack of a better word, dissect relationships and and really offer for our audience just some, you know, just if we can shift the perspective just a little bit and say, let me try like reading the book that we recommended or offering up a, a host that can change your perspective even just a little bit 
I believe it's going to enrich an individual's life or the couple's life, excuse me. It starts with the individual and it's designed to, to really blend it together, to create a beautiful tapestry together and do it as a team. And maybe I sometimes am a little bit Pollyanna with this, but I do believe that it's absolutely within every individual's grasp to have a, as I say in my, my world, a juicy, delicious, healthy relationship. Very nice. Well said. To add on to this and to kind of bring it back to one of the things we were saying earlier is that this is a podcast for people in relationships. So this is mainly for couples, but you know, we're not going to exclude anyone if you're a person who's single and you're listening to this and you want to learn about what it takes to have a great relationship or you're just interested in relationships in general or you know you want a relationship in the future, then this is for you as well. And that's what we're going to be tackling. I'm curious, Jonathan, what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from being in a relationship? (laughs) Sorry. And you're not in one right now, by the way. You're dating. No, well, let's cross our fingers. Who knows what's going to happen on a weekend? Well, for me in particular... I'm going to be candid with the audience. I happen to have what's known as an anxious attachment style. You never told me that. And Oh, you didn't know that? I mean, I, I'm not surprised. God, you, the way I whined so much, you can't tell. <laughs> well, I guess I've only seen you. I mean, I've seen you in your last big relationship. Yeah, well, that... Where, I don't remember if you had anxious attachment, but... So I remember well, you did share like with a the, couple, like a year ago with that one woman who I helped you write that email. Remember that? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> let's not, I want, let's have that a separate conversation. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so my propensity has been, you know, if I send out a text message and I don't get it responded quickly, I'm like the sky falls. So that's kind of what an anxious attacher does when, they have made effort in for whatever reason, you know, and, and most of the time it was all stuff made up in my head. They were the person I was with was busy. What happened was in that relationship, and I don't want to say it was the biggest lesson, but it was the, the greatest healing I got from the relationship was I recognized that, you know what, when we had a fight, we didn't turn into a breakup. When she didn't return to text, it didn't mean that she didn't love me or anything. And But it took an absolute rewiring. And I'm talking about like a rewiring of like a sophisticated computer system it had to be completely rewired because I was so ingrained with the belief of that fight or flight where I, I had to fight for the relationship. And by the way, another group of people we'd love to get is Adam Levine and Rachel Heller, who wrote the book Attached, to recognize that there's an I think you mean Amir abo- Levine. Just did I? Uh, you said Adam Levine, I, who is the oh, gosh. <laughs> Maroon 5 singer. Yeah, Maroon 5. Thank you. I mean, that was a real... I can't believe I had a brain fart there. Um, you so also said to- Helen Hunt, too. I still don't think that's... I'm going to double check that for us. And I apologize, folks, without the book in front of me. So... I healed my anxious attachment style, and I believe I've reached a more secure place. And so that was one of the greatest gifts, along with, and I I really did feel, besides learning to love myself in this process, because that's where the healing was also learning to love myself, 
is to really appreciate it that, you know, I felt better being, I don't want to characterize better or worse, but I just, life is just better with company, you know, like the line from the movie Up in the Air, you know, life is better shared. And at the same time, and folks, I will be candid with you, I've been single for quite a few years. I needed that time for me to really get to know who I am as a person, even after, after all the, the senior citizen that I am. You know, I took a lot of years to get to this place. And now I feel very confident, very secure, very excited. And and that's why this is a great time to actually be having this conversation, because who knows, you know, two weeks from now when we talk, there might be someone special in my life. I hope so. And then we can talk about it here. And yes. then they can listen in and then they'll be mad at you because you're talking about your relationship and then they'll break <laughs> up with you and then you'll do it an, and then you'll get into it. <laughs> I'm just No, I, I really have, believe me. I, and I will not plaster it on social media. That's the thing I Plaster what on everyone. social media? Well, you know how oftentimes people just start dating, you know, and it's all of a sudden they feel like they met their soulmate and they plaster and they it on social media. They want to share it with the world. Yeah. And then, then you're all of a sudden, where did the pictures of the guy or girl that they were dating or on how their about, Facebook page? How about, oh, we can talk about this. This is probably five different types of episodes for the podcast. The problem that people have in relationships where their significant other doesn't post about them and then that person gets upset that they're not posting. And by the way, I can say this happens on the men's side and the woman's side. I've oh, really? Seen, oh, yeah. I've seen it on both sides. Oh, yeah. I've heard of both. Just the idea where you're upset because your partner isn't posting about you. This is something that usually happens in the very beginning of a relationship. Oh, you're showing me here Helen Hunt. Okay, you're right. I guess there's two, <laughs> there's, there's two Helen Hunts. Getting the love you want. He was just showing me the book on. Uh, <laughs> we're on video now. So anyway, uh, okay. So what I'll share with you guys what I learned from being in a relationship. Did you finish what you had? To yeah, say I feel there? complete. Thank okay, you. Yeah, good. I feel complete. Good. So, and we'll do this. I want to make sure that we each have our time to complete our thoughts, even though I know we'll interrupt each other from time to time. But we want to make sure of that. So. One thing that I... Which is part of being in a relationship with each other. Let me interrupt. Because, well, no, in just that this is, I'd like to think that a healthy form of communication is, you know, listening to the other person's point of view and accepting it and validating it. Because what I like about our relationship, since this is a podcast about relationships, is that I really do believe we honor each other's communication. So I did hijack it there for a moment. So we do. But I do believe that really illustrates one of the fundamentals that I think is critical in having a, a healthy, happy relationship. We, in the course of our, what is it now, eight-year friendship? Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. 2000, no, 13. Seven, eight. No, it's 2022. Right. I keep. <laughs> By the way, simple math is tracked I, up. I keep <laughs> thinking it's 2021. Yes, uh, nine years. There's been many times where we've come to each other, and this is a very mature, honest way of communicating. We'll say to each other, "Hey, I'm a little upset at what you said to me the other day. I wanted to talk oh, yeah. to you about it." Yeah. We have been able to communicate. It doesn't happen often, but you know, in eight nine years of, of being friends, it, it's going to happen. You're, you're going to get into disagreements. We've never gotten into any fights before. 
Uh, but we've definitely maybe said something to each other where it didn't really feel that great. What we didn't do was stuff it. It might have been 24 right. hours we later. We communicated but about it. Yes, that I, that's the real crux of what I think where you were going. And and, and then we so, get over it in like 10 minutes. It's like not even a 10-minute conversation. It's like, hey, yeah, I just want to like, let you know. So, so yeah, anyway. All right, relationships to you. Relationships to the me. The greatest re- lesson or healing you had. So yeah. I wanted to really give a, a nice, well-rounded answer. I think the biggest thing I've learned in relationships is that I know this is going to sound funny because it's going to sound like duh, but maybe you'll help me out here, Jonathan. <laughs> okay. I think the biggest thing I've learned about relationships, being in that I've been in like about four to five of them, is that you don't have to settle. I think that's mm. something that's really big. And it's like, I know no one wants to settle, but I do believe that a large majority of people in relationships and in marriages do settle to some degree where they think, oh, this is the only person I can get. Or they say, oh, this person has all these great qualities, but there's like a couple ones that are not so good. And, but those couple qualities that are not so good are actually really bad. So that's like another interesting form of settling. So I think that's what I've learned in my experience is that you can have, you're not going to have the perfect person. So I want to be very clear. I'm not saying the perfect person is out there because there's always going to be something that you think of your significant other that you're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm annoyed at this. Or if they were sometimes a little bit more like this, that is inevitable. But what I'm trying to say is I believe one can have a partner where they don't have to settle and can be with someone where it's awesome, where it's an awesome relationship. And that that does come a lot in the form of the courtship process, but I do believe that there's so much work, this is why we have this podcast now, is there's so much work to be done in the relationship to make it so it's an awesome relationship. You don't have to settle for someone who is not a good partner, and you don't have to settle for a relationship that's not necessarily working and don't think can be fixed. So there's a lot there. And I want to piggyback on that because as you were sharing that, I was thinking of something I talk about frequently. And this again is a criticism and a judgment on my part. So uh, challenge me if you disagree, is that I believe a lot of people enter into relationship just to spend time with someone. In other words, it's companionship, connection, and maybe physical intimacy. What I observed from you, and I'd like to think I'm in the same boat, is that there's a difference between spending time with someone and growing with someone. Ooh, that's good. I like and, that. And I like your relationship. And is it okay if I give your partner's nickname that I have? Yeah, I mean, you're. we should mention before you say the nickname is that you are officiating my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that any more perfect? We're doing a relationship podcast uh, and you're officiating... Uh, my relationship uh, into into marriage but yes go ahead and and i'm scared <laughs> in all fairness i am a bit scared and at the same time incredibly honored so your partner's name is megan the woman you're engaged to and my nickname for her is bunny so for those who listen if you hear me say bunny in the future it's because that's my nickname for her, and it's because she's a dancer and she bops up and down and so when i watched her hip-hop during covid with all the video zooms and such i i nicknamed her that. And 
What I admire about the two of you, and I, I, folks, I look to a variety of different couples as role models. And though I might be 20 plus years your senior, what I admire about the two of you is that there is a real level of a desire to grow together and to learn about each other and not to settle for that plateau of just, I'm in a relationship, as you talked about. Like, you got that plateau. No, there's something more. And those are the things that I want to talk about. And I'm going to love witnessing in your, your lives together. And I will probably, as your friend, challenge you without permission. <laughs> as you if like I ever to feel do. Like, and well, I appreciate as, if I ever, it. I appreciate it. Well, because I feel like your big brother or, or uncle, whatnot. And I say this for everyone. It, there's a real value into There's a picture of the bunny. Uh, there's a real value into what I call, and I said this earlier in the podcast, the idea of co-creating a relationship. And what that means is either growing together, because without that growing together, that curiosity about each other, I do believe relationships become stale. People take each other for granted. And so... I hope we talk about, you know, all the different ways to give that multivitamin I mentioned before, because, you know, it's interesting, and I'm going to say this, and people will spend more time brushing their teeth, combing their hair, you know, getting dressed up, buying shoes, all the things that, you know, on the outside make us feel good. And yet I see so few couples actually investing in the growth of their relationship. So I ask merely in my audience, 15, 20 minutes a day as a couple to learn to grow together, to do the tools, to read the books, um, to practice a variety of different things. As Woody Allen once said, a relationship is like a shark. It has to constantly move forward or it dies. Oh, I like that. Thanks for introducing that to me. Yeah, he so, said that yeah. in, uh, I think it was in in any hall. Anyway. Okay, got it. He's also married to his adopted daughter. So that's <laughs> let's, let's not go <laughs> so, down that road. So maybe not the best person to quote, but uh, it still is. I got I to gotta hand it to him. It's a good quote. But I, I believe that's what you're kind of saying here. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, my friend. So, are we going to do this? Are we going to... Are we going to have a, a fun time recording these episodes and sharing some of our own stories and getting some experts on here and learning ourselves? And are we ready to do this? And are, are, is everyone else am, ready? We can't hear them, but yeah. they're saying yes. Yeah. Well, please post a comment below. Let us know they can't, uh, if they you're They can't post ready. a comment down below, Boomer, because oh, this is not? a podcast. Oh, <laughs> listen! You know, I'm so I, used to my YouTube videos. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna always make funny for being a boomer. Oh my gosh! Well, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'm a millennial, a... and they're and the Gen Zs are making fun of us. So, <laughs> um, so, so here's what we would love for you to do because you can't leave yes. a comment. Although I wish they could. They don't have that for podcasts. Social. There's no social oh. media around podcasts. But if you're listening, we'd love for you to rate us. Of course, we love a five star rating on Spotify, especially on iTunes. And that also helps us grow and it helps us get this out there to more people. So if you enjoyed it, leave five stars. If you didn't enjoy it, uh, well, see you next time or we won't see you <laughs> next time. And, and subscribe so you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us 
on Spotify or wherever else you're listening to podcasts. Normally, it's just Spotify and iTunes. So we'd love that. We'd appreciate that. And I'm excited, Jonathan. I'm excited to uh, to talk to you, even though we do it a lot, but do it more in a formal yet fun way. So, Trip, Ed, this has been an honor, and I am just thrilled to explore, be curious, dissect all the different places. And so, and I welcome any conversation about how, how to really improve upon, you know, couplehood relationships. And, and as you shared before, it doesn't always have to be romantic. And at the same time, I do believe our most romantic partner can make the greatest impact on our lives. Absolutely. So this will be fun. And I'm just giving you a big hug, my friend. <laughs> We're excited to do it. All right. Giving you a hug too, my friend. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Relationships Are Underrated. This is Trip signing off. This is Jonathan signing off. <laughs> we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, everyone.